Get ready for Crack the Customer Code, your audio guidebook for creating incredible customer journeys. We have a repeat guest on Crack the Customer Code today because it's one of our favorites, isn't it? It is. We have Julianne Sullivan as a two-peat today. Two-peat. A two-peat. <laughs> <laughs> it's not a three-peat yet. <laughs> no, but it's a repeat. But it's a repeat. <laughs> but that doesn't like lead up to three-peat. <laughs> I'm just saying. Understand the framework we're using here, Jeannie. Okay. And get with me. You know, uh, I'm just saying. Yeah. Yeah. So are we going to actually talk about the guest or are we going to keep doing this? <laughs> <laughs> Well, we should probably talk about the guest, Julianne Sullivan. She's a friend. She's a really smart person. She's a podcaster herself. And she really focuses on culture and innovative culture and how visionary leaders activate the employee experience. So she's always got great insights on how to build a culture that matters so that you can deliver that experience. Yeah, and she's here, and she just uh, the, her new book is actually a series of interviews, which is uh, very fascinating. So one of the things I do know about this episode is once the three of us get talking, we can't stop. So it's a longer episode. So I'm going to say <laughs> we just jump right in. I would love to. Here we go. So Julie Ann Sullivan is the catalyst of culture. Her diverse background gives her a unique perspective as a business culture expert. She earned a BA in psychology and an MBA in accounting, earning the designation of CPA. Julianne is a professional member of the National Speakers Association, C-Suite Network Advisor, and a proud member of the SHRM Blog Squad. Julianne is the host of the Mere Mortals Unite and Businesses That Care podcasts. Her newest book is titled Catalysts of Culture, How Visionary Leaders Activate the Employee Experience. She works with companies to catapult their business from the inside out. And she lives in Pittsburgh with her wonder dog, Joy. Julianne, we are so excited to have this conversation with you. I can't stop smiling already. <laughs> I know. I had so much fun the last time. I've been looking forward to it. I think we should make this an annual event. Oh, that's a great idea. Just the Julianne episode. Yeah, there you go. I yeah. like that. We'll just, we'll even get rid of the numbering. It'll be like Julianne one, Julianne two, Julianne three. <laughs> you won't There's even be part of the normal new. numbering. You're so special. <laughs> There's always something new going in in Julianne's world. That's for sure. That's right. It's your well, world. We're just living in it. Welcome back. <laughs> And by the way, to everyone listening, this is what the last five minutes before the call has been like, too. So we may not actually get <laughs> to any real content. Yeah. There'll be yeah. no content. This would be a no content. If you're looking for substance, wrong episode. Way to set expectations. We just want to make sure we exceed <laughs> well, don't your they expectations. Say you should set the bar low and then, right, over deliver. So we're in. Exactly. So hold on. I'll, I'll get my NPR voice on for a second. Miss <laughs> Sullivan, yes. you took the case study approach in this book, which I thought was fascinating. Uh, tell us what led you to this approach and what's one thing about culture that was revealed in these interviews that surprised you? Okay. Wow. That's a loaded question. <laughs> See, I was trying to get, I was trying to get I am serious. not going to answer in my NPR voice. <laughs> Please don't. I was having fun, but it's your book, Catalyst of Culture. It's all case studies. It's cool. You talk to a lot of people. So one, why'd you take that approach? And two, what surprised you? You had to be surprised by something. Sure. Well, first of all, the reason I did it as a case study was 
I realized that for me to explain what these people said would never do justice because a part of who these people are is their personality. So in in creating it the way I did, people really get to know who these people are, they kind of hear their voice, so to speak. Um, so that's why I did it like that. And to be transparent in the beginning, I thought, oh, this is really cheating to do it this way, having these transcripts. Um, yeah, you. Podcast. I bet you learned fast. It ain't easy. <laughs> well, yeah, trying to make a transcript that was spoken uh-huh. to be written is <laughs> twice as much work. So it would have been easier for me. To, yeah. Anyway. Um, and, and it then, and like I said, the pr- people's personality really came out. So that was cool. And I did write, you know, a beginning and an ending to every chapter. And then my own chapter about what I found overall, what I found surprising. Thank you for giving me a few moments to formulate that answer. <laughs> <laughs> See how I did that. Uh, it's magic. It's all mirrors and smoke. Um, <laughs> What surprised me was that no matter what the industry, no matter what the size of the company or how long it's been around, whether it was a household name or a name that people would go, what? These great leaders that have these amazing cultures had four attributes that were all the same across the board. And that's what I found surprising and wonderful. I love the fact that I've never duplicated an industry yet. Hmm. Right. I've done over 50 of these and they're all different. And so all these different industries, all these different leaders, when you talk to them, you identified these four attributes. What were those four attributes? You can't leave us hanging, Julianne. Come on. Okay. So (laughs) these attributes spell L-O-L-S. How about that? Uh, Isn't that cute? Oh, I get it. Oh, yeah. Okay. Just come right along, Adam. (laughs) I'm sorry. I'm just not 12. (laughs) I don't speak speak an acronym. So anyway, so, you know, laugh out loud. Anyway, uh, (laughs) L is for listening. O is for being open to new ideas. The second L is for lifelong learning. And the S is for safe environments. And that's about creating a safe environment. That's what I was going to ask. Because safe environments is such a, like the top three, I'm like, yeah, totally in. And then creating a safe environment. Is that- Gotcha. Something that we need to think. Yeah, you got, that surprised me. See, you turn this around. (laughs) I'm good at that. (laughs) So here's what creating safe environments is about. And it's twofold and it's probably threefold and fourfold, but I'll talk about two right now. The first one is physically. And the new generation coming into the workforce after the millennials are going to demand safe workplaces, both physically and emotionally. And that's because they've grown up with the Me Too movement and way too many mass shootings. So it's Mm. going to be top of mind for them. Remember, see, I never like to get caught up in the generations because the next generation is going to be different and the one after that's going to be different. So you better (laughs) find what works for everybody instead of Mm -hmm. getting hung up on it. Um, The other thing about a safe environment, which is really critical, 
is that people need to feel safe to speak, to say something's not working or to have a new idea. So safe Mm -hmm. environment also creates that. If you don't have an environment where people feel like their ideas are valued and it doesn't even mean that they have to be followed, it goes back to listening. In fact, all four of those kind of interrelate. You can't really have any of them without the other. So that's what safe environment Mm -hmm. means. Does that make sense to you? Yeah, it makes a lot of sense. And it, it, I like what you said about the next generation. And part of it is because even now, like just this year, just a few weeks ago, I think, or even this week, uh, in the state of Oregon, they passed a law, not a law, but they basically codified the idea of allowing mental health days for students. Uh huh. So, so if students need to have a day about their mental health, they don't have to call in and say, <laughs> I have a cold. I lie. You know? Right? Yeah. Yeah. And I thought that, and it was the students who really came forward and advocated for that and explained why. And part of it was going to this safe environment idea. Exactly. In fact, more and more companies now have open time off. Mm-hmm. Right. It mm-hmm. isn't, oh, you get a week and then you get two weeks. It's you get whatever you need for mm-hmm. whatever reason you need. You still have to do your job, but this is how it right. is. So it's right. that that exudes trust and a, and creates a safe environment on day one. Well, hmm. this is a, I mean, this is an evolution. And tell me if you saw that in the book. I mean, one of the, one of the ways I look at this is we're continuously evolving our understanding of human nature and breaking stereotypes about mental health, about how, you know, what's weak, what's strong, all of this kind of stuff. I mean, for an example, you know, in, in World War One, you know, post-traumatic stress was essentially called shell shock. Then it was right. called battle fatigue. Patton slapped a few soldiers and it was a big deal because they, you know, they were mentally injured. Right. They, they couldn't mm-hmm. handle it. But now we understand whether we're treating it's a different issue, but we understand post-traumatic stress. And I think, well, you know, that's a very extreme example. But when we look at the workplace and, you know, mental health days and culture, the idea of, you know, just shut up and do your job, which we all grew up with. is over. Right. Yeah. Right. Mm-hmm. It's because we understand that, you know, you know what? You're getting a paycheck. Do your job. Thanks. That's not the way people work. It's not realistic. It's not necessarily morally right. We can debate the shades of that, but either way, it's just not effective, right? I mean, this is why so much talk about culture and great books like Catalyst of Culture by Julianne Sullivan, you know, are ex- exploring this idea, right? Well, the whole idea of you know, leave your personal life at the door which was the way we grew up and went to work. That never really happened, but that Mm -hmm. was what was exuded, right? When you're at work, you work, leave your personal life at home. Now, the companies who are building great cultures understand that there's a whole being there. They bring their personal life with them. They take their work life home. I, I don't really believe in a work-life balance. I think you need to work towards a work-life harmony. And what? how would you define that as opposed to balance? 
Well, I, I don't think there is a balance because I think it's, to me, a balance means one side and another. And I, I don't think you, people really separate that. I think you mm -hmm. find that harmony that your personal life and your work life can work together. Well, let me I ask agree. you, let me dig into that for a second. Sure. Because so, I, I think there's a, there's a range of this. So that, well, I'm curious what you, I, I understand, I think what you mean by that. I question, um, does that apply to every type of job and every type of person? I mean, there's some people that are trying to do what they love or they're in their profession. And there are other people that are just, you know, doing, punching the clock and putting food on the table. Um, and regardless of whether they have a good boss and somebody's trying to build culture and mission, um, you know, it just may not be something that's part of them, right? It's still their job. They don't consider it a part of who they are. So how, how do you bridge that, I guess? Well, I, I think that somebody who has a flat affect at work, right? They just come, they do their work. And I think that when those people go home, their life is very similar to that. And I don't, I'm not saying it's good, bad, or indifferent. I think whatever a person is, you know, whether they're an extrovert or an introvert or whether they're intuitive or whether they uh, love to work with their hands or love to work with their mind, I think that follows them wherever they go. I guess that's what I'm saying. Mm -hmm. I, I don't, I don't well, think I there's a real separation there. And I think that we have come to understand that that whole person if they are having troubles at home, it affects their work. If they're unhappy at work, it affects their home life. So I just interviewed this guy. He's not in the book. His name's Phil Cohen. He's amazing. And long story short, he was a horrible human being. He grew up in abuse. <laughs> he was. Wow. And he, don't mix your words. Chase. Yeah. Uh, anyway. <laughs> He will tell you he grew up with abuse and addiction and and he became that person. And luckily, he had an aha moment and changed his life. And so he has a company now where he basically hires people to give them a second chance. But the way he gives them a second chance is they have, you have to listen to the episode, but he has different classes within their daily work period on how to converse better, how to have better relationships, how to be financially independent. So he's teaching them life skills along with their job. Okay. Mm. And he feels a heavy responsibility that when people leave his workspace, if they are happy and purposeful and and feel worthy they are going to make a, a difference than if they're frustrated and unhappy they're going to make a difference in their relationships with their spouses partners kids family friends whatever and he feels mm -hmm. a deep responsibility to that and i agree with him because that is i believe that to be true However, someone totally leaves agree. work is who they are to the rest of the world. You know, it's that old story about, right, you have a bad day at work and you come home and the cat meows and you kick the cat. I got nothing against mm -hmm. cats, so 
Let's put that out there. I don't want any <laughs> nasty crap. Yeah, you're, you're What's wrong with What did they kick people. the dog? Okay, kick the dog, kick the No, hey, 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 hey. <laughs> this is a dog podcast. We, 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 are, we are cat Kick the friendly. mouse, kick the bird. Let's just, I just want to cover it all. Kick the elephant, you know, let's. <laughs> anyway, but you know, that that's what happens. So that's what I'm talking about, that harmony. Plus the fact, mm-hmm. the skills that you can teach somebody at work will carry over. You know, right. um, some people still call things like communication soft skills, which always makes me laugh. First of all, I'm a mm-hmm. communication evangelist, I guess. And and I say, really, how can you run a business without communication? So I don't see it right. as a soft skill. I see it as an essential skill. Mm-hmm. But if you teach someone how to deal with change, how to communicate better, how to have difficult situations, they're going to take that home with them. Well, and I think what I think you could also look at the other side of that coin when you say harmony, because if you are helping people, uh, lead better lives, they're going to bring that back to the workplace too. Absolutely. They're going to be able to be happier and deliver better products and communicate with their peers and communicate with customers better. And that's why I think we talk about culture on this program a lot. We talk about how important employee engagement, employee experience is to customer experience because it's all connected. And these leaders that you talk to they really got it. Well, they really understood that this is bigger than just saying we're a nice place to work. They understand that their best customers are their employees. Mm-hmm. And so they need to service their best customers, their employees first, so that they can better serve their customers and clients. If you don't treat your workforce with respect and authenticity and transparency, and I could go on and on and on with those types of words. If you don't do that, they don't learn to do that with your customers and clients. If you don't Mm -hmm. teach them what happens when things don't go according to plan, and it's not if, it's when, then they won't know what to do. You know, the best companies... Um, I was able to uh, do a tour of Zappos when I was at the Sherm conference in Las Vegas. And you guys need to do that because Mm -hmm. talk about customer (laughs) care. What they allow their customer service people to do, no wonder customers love Zappos. Mm -hmm. But they Mm -hmm. trust them and they give them the freedom to not follow a script. Right. Which is so important. And really serve the customer. Um, you know, some companies serve themselves. And that's when you get online and you talk to someone and they just keep saying the same thing over and over again. Mm-hmm. And you want to kind of mm-hmm. go through the phone and, yep. you know. Not do nice things. <laughs> then, in there. Th- then you're not in harmony <laughs> Then anymore. you're not no. in harmony anymore. There is no, no harmony. No harmony. A lot, of, a lot of bad stuff. Like, who's thinking those things? 
Right. I'm going to put, let me pull a few of these threads together because what's interesting, I we 100% need someone agree. would do that, Adam. Thanks. Uh, thank you. I'm, I'm going to synthesize <laughs> some things here. Um, so, first of all, I completely agree. Like, I mean, I, I think we don't even think enough about just to take part of what you're saying a little step further, just the impact of personal stress on work and the impact mm -hmm. of work stress on the personal life and how much those are related to, as you pointed out, performance in either uh, sort of place. But so the other thing you mentioned was the SHRM conference, uh, the Society for Human Resources Management, right. is that correct? Yes. Uh, so one of the interesting things when you start talking about, you know, helping employees in their, I know you're not getting involved in their personal lives, but sort of crossing the, the gray line or dipping your toe in the gray there is I think there's a lot of hesitation because of the world of HR and what we are taught from an HR perspective, what are you seeing, you know, when the, or are you seeing those ideas come in conflict and what is your answer to that? If so, well, I don't know if I have a universal answer, but I think there are ways or your, your approach, <laughs> yeah. let's say. I think that there are ways, you know, as you learn about facilitation, there are ways that you allow other people to give information without asking for information. And when people are more open about their stories, whatever that story is, um, and again, you have to build this safe environment for people to do that, then people get to know one another. I mean, there are certain exercises that I do when I'm working with leadership teams on collaboration, but there are certain exercises we do, even those simple ones where you find, you know, uh, couple up with this person and find three things you have in common that you didn't know you had in common before. Jeannie and I should do that. <laughs> well, you guys don't have anything in common, except me. Oh, that's true. <laughs> yeah, that's right. Julianne, you are the bridge I, that keeps this I podcast. Am the you are the glue. you guys together. And so I, that's great. Anyway, <laughs> I don't know. Being between you two is just amazing. Uh, and we'll just leave that at that and let people think what they want. Oh my goodness. Uh, Speaking of HR. Uh, Speaking of HR. So anyway, I think that there, yeah, you can't ask people so much what their story is, but you can build relationships and experiences where people can, if they want to share their experiences and share bits of their personal life as they see fit. Mm -hmm. So there are definite ways to do that. I did a podcast yesterday. We were talking about humor in the workplace. And I was saying how it's so important that humor not be about jokes because any joke will offend somebody, right? Mm -hmm. And so it's more mm -hmm. about having fun than it is about having humor unless you're laughing at yourself. Mm -hmm. So um, Which... I, I think that, um, I think HR has a lot, to deal with now because people are more open, thank goodness, to come forward and say something. Mm -hmm. And that's a good thing. Yes. Do people abuse that? Sure. Because that's, you know, there's bad apples everywhere. Mm -hmm. No matter what mm -hmm. you do. So um, there's always going to be somebody who does that. But in the long run, it's a lot better for people to come forward and say, I've been bullied or somebody, you know, has a naked picture of a woman on their desk, which I can't believe anybody would do anymore, <laughs> but you never know. 
You yeah, never know. Never, yeah, never know. So I, I think, again, you know, that's part of that safe environment, right? If people feel like they couldn't mm-hmm. do that, you're going to have a bigger problem because you're going to end up getting sued. That's mm-hmm. a bigger problem than being able to go into HR and saying, hey, this is happening and it's not okay. Yeah, and I want to add a layer to that, just uh, so do. our listeners don't 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 come away <laughs> with yeah. Because one of the things we teach with uh, customer service training, empowering teams, all these things is you know this this is sort of the base layer of safety is like physical safety, safety from harassment, mm-hmm. and these types of things. But there's another layer of safety that's you know more job related. It's more cultural. It's more about are they, as you mentioned at the beginning, free to express your opinions, free to make decisions for the customer without repercussions, free from politics and things that don't have to do. So there's another layer of safety on top of that, you know, that sort of base of sort of really heavy stuff. Let me tell you a great you example. I, I, uh, I'm sorry, were you finished? <laughs> I was just asking, would you agree with that? And if the answer is yes, and you have more to add, then it's great. If the answer is no, I don't agree, Adam, then we're done. <laughs> then, then get off. <laughs> just all the, it all depends. <laughs> yes. And... <laughs> <laughs> Love it. Love it. I interviewed a guy named Ashley Winnett. And at the time, he was um, the head of HR for GM in Australia. Since then, he's been appointed the global talent acquisition person and moved over to Detroit for a couple of years. Of course, I told him that must have been because of the podcast we did together. But, you know, whatever. Sure, sure. Uh, <laughs> But uh, anyway, what they used to do, him and, and, and his CEO, they would have town hall meetings where they would invite people to tell them what rumors they heard. Oh, wow. That's innovative. So they could talk uh, about them. Or they had a box if somebody wanted to put it in a slot, you know, and didn't want to mm-hmm. say it directly. And they would actually pull all this stuff out and talk about it at the town hall meeting. They'd have that once a month. I thought it was tremendous. But the thing is, is people, if people don't do that, then, you know, we've all heard of companies who have huge callbacks, right? Recalls Mm -hmm. of merchandise Mm -hmm. or cars or whatever. And a lot of times it's not because no one knew, it's because somebody was afraid to say anything. Right, right. Well, I am really grateful that you are not afraid to say things, Julianne. (laughs) And I am really grateful for the lessons from this book, Catalysts of Culture. There are so many things in here that I think leaders of any type could really walk away with great ideas and inspiration. And it's so important to think about culture and employee experience. So thank you so much for being here. And how can people find out more about you and this fabulous book? If you go to Google and say, Julianne Sullivan, you will find me everywhere. <laughs> you can't miss me. My website's juliannesullivan.com. I make it really easy. Uh, you can go to Amazon and look for me or Catalysts of Culture, and you can find it there. It's really simple. I make it simple. You make it simple. You're, you're on the Google. That's as simple <laughs> as it gets. Definitely goes. on on Google, yeah. And you can find <laughs> ever, all my parts, LinkedIn, Twitter, YouTube. It's all there. Excellent. Thank you so much. We love you, Julianne. Oh my gosh. Thanks for joining us. I have a blast with you guys. Thank (laughs) you. Oh, thanks, Julianne. This was awesome. Appreciate it.
I want to be very clear, Uh-oh. Jeannie. <laughs> no cats were harmed dogs, in the making of this podcast or mice. episode. Or dogs, we or elephants, the, uh, or giraffes. You know, the approval like they do at the end of movies <laughs> with the animal people. <laughs> yes, exactly. <laughs> the animal yeah, people, the yeah, Humane Society or something. <laughs> at least I would have tried and gotten <laughs> it wrong. Animal the people. animal people. <laughs> that's the people that walk around <laughs> with oh, animal no, that's outfits. that's a whole other right? thing. <laughs> <laughs> oh, <laughs> and HR. So speaking of culture, <laughs> HR. Uh, oh gosh, I know. We're sloppy now. See, this is I what know. happens when we so talk. So fun, Julia. but gosh, I loved what she had to say about what she learned from these people and how they all have that sense of creating a safe space and lifelong learning and those other attributes that she mentioned. I think it's really important for every leader to really consider that moving forward because that's what creates great culture. Great leaders are a big part of that. And so I hope our listeners can walk away with a lot of lessons from today. Yeah, 100%. And understanding that even though as a leader, you you really only have impact in the one sphere, uh, that both spheres matter and are connected, personal and work. And you just can't live in a world where you think that the personal mm-hmm. life doesn't you know, matter that doesn't impact what happens at work. You can't live there. There are boundaries. There's things you've got to be careful of. There's lines you can't overstep, but just acting like everything exists in a vacuum no, does not I work. I totally anymore. agree. And nor should it, because you know what? We're looking for harmony, just like Julianne suggested. So I think sometimes we achieve that here on the podcast. What do you think, Adam? namaste and on that note (laughs) thank you so much for listening to crack the customer code we are a proud member of c-suite radio so be sure to check out all the great business content at c-suiteradio.com and c-suitetv.com we so appreciate you spending your valuable time with us i'm Jeannie walters and you can learn more about me our journey mapping programs customer experience training workshops and speaking at experienceinvestigators.com and i'm adam tapork and you can learn more about me with keynote speaking our customer service training and strategic advisory at customersatstick.com until next time take care of yourself and take care of your customers This podcast is a part of the C-Suite Radio Network. For more top business podcasts, visit c-suiteradio.com.